You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is the Daily Social Distancing Show. Today is Wednesday, April 28th, which means we are smack dab in the middle of World Immunization Week. So remember, be sure to leave out a tray of milk and cookies so that when Dr. Fauci comes down your chimney, he'll leave you a vaccine instead of banging your mom. He's the world's sexiest man. He can do anything these days. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, we look at Joe Biden's real accomplishments. Roy Wood Jr. tells us the state of black shit and why the COVID vaccine could get you drunk. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's kick things off with the coronavirus vaccine, the thing that's responsible for the most welcome stabbing spree in history. More than 40% of Americans have now gotten at least one dose of the vaccine, but there are still a lot of people out there who have yet to roll up their sleeves. And maybe it's because they wrongly believe that the vaccine is dangerous, or maybe they think it's a plot by Bill Gates to replace our brains with Windows 10, or maybe they think Bill Gates didn't put a microchip inside the vaccine, and that's why they don't want it. Whatever the reason, America won't be rid of coronavirus until more of these vaccine holdouts get on board, which is why now some places are coming up with a creative incentive for winning these people over. Health officials are getting creative in how they convince hesitant Americans to get the COVID vaccine. The governor of West Virginia is offering a $100 savings bond to anyone 16 to 35 who gets the vaccine. At the American Museum of Natural History in Manhattan, get your shot along with a free museum pass for four. This is happening right here in Erie County. The new strategy is targeted towards younger adults and the county executive is calling it drink for a dose. Shot in a chaser. Get your shot, get a coupon for a free beer, get your chaser. In Baton Rouge, the Shots for Shots program is run by Relief, a telehealth company. 23-year-old Brandon Bro went to a bar with friends and ended up vaccinated. Where did you get your first shot? I got it at a local bar. It was a shot for shot nights. Yo, man, people are crazy. Like, people are officially crazy. We have doctors coming up to us like, we worked our asses off for a year to develop this vaccine that'll save your life. And our response is, "Mm mm-hmm, but what's in it for me? I mean, on the other hand, there is a long history of giving people free alcohol for doing stuff that they should be doing anyway. You know, you give alcohol to your friends so they'll help you move. Or you give alcohol to your baby so they'll stop crying and let you finish watching The Circle in peace. So look, man, I don't really mind this. I just think they have to be careful not to mix up who's giving out which shots, because if a bartender tries to sterilize your arm with that disgusting rag, well, your ass gonna die. Honestly, though, I think the best way to incentivize vaccinations is for Joe Biden to ban them. Yeah. Then I promise you now, all these anti-vax MAGA people, they'll be racing to get it. No way I'm letting Sleepy Joe tell me what vaccines I can take. Stick that shit in my arm for freedom. Moving on to entertainment news. Movies. They're what The Rock does while waiting to become president. And now there's a new contender for best movie ever. 
For decades, movie critics have declared Citizen Kane the greatest film of all time, but it is no longer the top-rated film on Rotten Tomatoes, thanks to a newly unearthed Chicago Tribune review from 80 years ago. Mm. The critics said that it fails to impress, with uh, Kane sledding away from the top spot. That title now goes to Paddington 2. That's right. Paddington 2 is now officially the greatest movie of all time. In many ways, it's the Citizen Kane of movies. And look, if you ask me, I don't agree with this whole thing. I don't think you can rank movies based on averaging critical reviews into percentages, you know? I mean, these are works of art. They should be judged on more important factors, like how much money they made. Personally, I think that when you're evaluating films, you need to look at how it stands up to the test of time. You know, Citizen Kane is 80 years old. Will we still be talking about Paddington 2 80 years from now? Probably not. We'll be too busy fighting over the lost fresh water spring on the barren wasteland that'll be planet Earth. Now that's a mock against Paddington. Hey, don't get me wrong. Paddington 2 is a phenomenal movie. I just don't think it's the greatest movie of all time. And I'm not just saying that because I'm bitter over the fact that they cut out my cameo. Why, yes, I will give you a marmalade sandwich, Paddington. But first, you've got to suck my dick. Huh. Maybe I shouldn't have improvised that line. I don't know. But let's move on now to some crime news. Today, the FBI raided the home and office of Trump lawyer and decaying Stewie Griffin, Rudy Giuliani, where they reportedly confiscated laptops, cell phones, and a bunch of jars labeled definitely not blood. Now, we don't know exactly what Rudy Giuliani is being investigated for. I mean, take your pick, really. But if this next story tells us anything, he'd better hope the feds didn't find any overdue blockbuster rentals. A Texas woman has a felony charge on her record for not returning a VHS tape back in 1999. Karen McBride only learned about the charge after trying to change her last name following her marriage. The VHS tape in question, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, she was charged in March of 2000 for felony embezzlement while the movie retail location later went out of business in 2008. The charges have since been dropped after McBride's story aired on local TV. She actually believes her roommate at the time rented it under her name because she never even watched the show. Wow. America loves arresting people. I mean, this woman got charged with a felony for a late videotape return? That's ridiculous. You know who the real criminal is here? The person who invented the system where we were allowed to rent four videos and watch them in a day. You knew full well I couldn't watch those four videos when I took them, but still, you let me take them because you wanted to charge me a late fee. And now look, I have a criminal record. I associate with other criminals, all because I returned the nutty professor four hours late. Still worth it though. You know he played everyone, even the kid. Whew. Oh, and by the way, for our younger viewers, a VHS tape, is, um, it's sort of like Netflix, except it only held one show that you wanted to watch instead of 800 shows that you'll never watch. Now, thankfully, they let this woman off the hook. But I do love how even after the charges were dropped, she still threw her roommate under the bus. Yay, I'm free! But you guys need to arrest Deborah because this was all her fault. And finally, dating. It's how you find the person who's going to fart under your covers for the rest of your life. If you like romantic stories about new relationships, well then, you'll love this one 35 times more.
from Japan. This man allegedly dated 35 women and told them all he had a different birthday so he could constantly receive gifts from them. He was able to get nearly $1,000 worth of presents from the women before they all banded together to report him to police. He has since been arrested for fraud. Huh. Dating 35 women in Japan is illegal. Weird. In America, they just give you a TV show. And honestly, people, I don't know if getting extra presents is worth the stress of juggling 35 girlfriends. I mean, imagine having to pretend that you hadn't already watched all of Ted Lasso 34 times. So he doesn't know soccer? Oh. Not to mention, he has to be getting gifts for them too, right? I mean, at some point, he's just getting a present from one woman and then handing it right off to the next one. It's basically just an assembly line of re-gifting. But let's move on to our main story. Tonight, Joe Biden marked his first 100 days in office with an address to Congress. And while Biden may claim that his presidency has been a success so far, I think we can all agree that it has actually been a living nightmare. So let's check in on the latest Biden scandals in another episode of Joe Biden, the worst president in history that we can remember. What is one of the worst things any human being can do? Well, as anyone who watches Fox News can tell you, the answer is try to save the planet. And now, Joe Biden is trying to save the planet in the worst way possible. About to order a Big Mac anytime soon? Well, hurry up, folks. President Biden's climate plan will limit you to just one burger a month. They like to have a steak, a burger, grill, or barbecue on Memorial Day, the 4th of July, or for no reason at all. Not so fast. The left, with their Green New Deal, wants to make sure you don't. Say goodbye to your burgers. In order to help hit the Biden administration's climate goals of reducing emissions by 50% from 2005 by 2030, researchers say you'd have to cut about 90% of red meat from your diet. Where's the beef? No burgers on July 4th. So get ready. You can throw back a plant-based beer with your grilled Brussels sprouts and wave your American flag. Call it July 4th green. That's right. Joe Biden, AKA Plantifa, is banning meat. And right before the 4th of July, the day America celebrates its allegiance to the Burger King. That is straight up tyranny, people. If something didn't have to die for my lunch, then I'd rather starve. I'll go vegan when you can make Brussels sprouts scream. And you know, this isn't just terrible for Americans. It's bad news for cows because they've been preparing their whole lives to become burgers. What are they supposed to do now, huh? Go back to school, move in with their parents, get a job flipping burgers? Oh wait, they can't, because burgers are illegal now. Oh, and by the way, you know who else was a vegetarian? Hitler. And now, 80 years later, Joe Biden is banning meat? Well, that can't be a coincidence. But guess what? If you wanna take my beef, President Hamburglar, well, then you're gonna have to get it from inside my stomach. Ah, yeah. On Friday, we told you about a study from the University of Michigan to give some perspective on President Biden's ambitious climate change goals. That research from 2020 found that cutting back how much red meat people eat would have a drastic impact on harmful greenhouse gas emissions. The data was accurate, but a graphic and a script incorrectly implied that it was part of Biden's plan for dealing with climate change. That 
is not the case. I mean, that's fine. I still enjoyed that burger. It tasted great, and I feel great. But you know, so what if that Joe Biden scandal was a little bit exaggerated? I mean, because senile old Joe Biden isn't even running the country. You know who is? Kamala Harris. And I'm sorry that I pronounced her name correctly. It's a force of habit. While the vice president is supposed to be focused on solving the crisis of immigrant children at the border, it looks like she's taking a pretty strange approach. While Kamala Harris still hasn't visited the border, apparently her book has. Her 2019 children's book, Superheroes Are Everywhere, is apparently included in the welcome bag. Ooh, that's a lousy bag. For unaccompanied migrant kids. Did a local volunteer buy the books? If so, that would mean the VP is making money from this. Migrant children get to read Kamala Harris's kids book. It's included in what can only be called a welcome pack. Propaganda aimed even at children. She delivers it to him, or no? Not not quite. There it is. No, she doesn't want to hand deliver it. It's It's uh, in a backpack. It's it's her book. Her book book. is a part of the welcome kit. Now, yes. You know, once these migrant children get Kamala Harris's children's book, which they're giving out, I I guess, on behalf of the taxpayers, paying for it. You know, it's all going to get solved. Would there be any of the acceptance of this that there is now if this had been happening under the prior administration? Okay, this is outrageous. Kamala's dumb children's book is being handed out for free to every migrant child? That's immigration, socialism, and reading. The three worst things in the world. And look, I don't know what this book is about. I don't wanna give her money by buying it, and I have a lifetime ban from public libraries, which wasn't a jacking off thing mostly. All I know is that Kamala is forcing her propaganda on people, which you know who else did that? Yeah, Hitler. Well, here's some karma for you, Kamala. I've gone through the process of adopting thousands of those migrant children so that I can personally unindoctrinate them. How you like that? Well, according to the Washington Post this morning, they're saying that it's not accurate. We had heard that, but they're just saying that a book had been donated to a citywide drive. Um, It's not placed in these welcome bags. How to unadopt or sell thousands of children. Okay. That story didn't exactly pan out either, but I'm not done with Joe Biden because one of the things that really makes him the worst president in history is his handling of the coronavirus pandemic. After more than half a million Americans had already died before his first 100 days were even up, Joe Biden did something inexcusable. He wore a mask when he didn't need to. President Biden's highly anticipated global climate summit happened this week. Biden, the only one wearing his mask. Does he think he can catch COVID on a Zoom call? Why the heck was Joe Biden wearing a mask on a Zoom call? You've got leaders from across the world sitting there virtually, and he's got a mask on. What in the world is he doing sitting all by himself wearing a mask? He's the only leader wearing a mask during a Zoom call where he doesn't have anyone else around him, sitting there by himself. It's bizarre, it's baffling, bewildering. He's fully vaccinated, he's sitting by himself on a Zoom call, and he's wearing a mask because he thinks that makes us appear tough to the rest of the world? If Joe Biden wants people to get vaccinated, start setting an example. Take your mask off when you're alone in front of your Zoom camera. That's a good example for the rest of the country. Joe Biden should go on national TV, take his mask off, and burn it. That's right. Joe Biden wore a mask, even though he was completely alone on a Zoom call. What is he hiding under there? Hillary's emails? Honestly, people, there's something wrong with this guy. 
Wearing a mask when you're alone is like washing your hands when you're alone. There's no good reason for it. And this is especially bad for a president to do because everyone knows you have to project strength on a Zoom call. I mean, that's why I start every meeting with the sound of me on the toilet to assert dominance. Hmm, good morning, everybody. Oh, and by the way, you know who else wore a stupid thing on his face for no reason? Nelly. You did not have a cup that whole time, you liar. That would have healed a long time ago. Well, guess what, Joe Biden? You can be a little bitch if you want to, but Rand Paul is right. And this is what I think about your mask. PolitiFact rated this claim as false. President Biden did occasionally wear a mask during the Zoom summit, but he was not alone in the room. He was joined at various points by staff and members of his cabinet. (coughs) Okay, well, I gotta take a quick break to put out this fire, if that's still legal in Joe Biden's America. But when we come back, we'll hear Roy Wood Jr.'s address on the state of black shit and the brand new Captain America, Anthony Mackie, is joining us on the show. (coughs) You don't wanna miss it. Save my hoodies! Save the hood, the peach one! (coughs) Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Joe Biden's speech tonight wasn't technically a state of the union, but he basically did everything that you do for one. He spoke in front of Congress, he talked about the country, and he even appointed Major as the designated survivor. So it was a state of the union. And when the president talks about the state of the union, we at The Daily Show offer our annual response, where we cover the issues that are of special importance to black America. So please rise. Well, not really. I mean, you can stay on your couch. As Roy Wood Jr. delivers The Daily Show's annual State of Black Shit Address. Good evening, black people, African-Americans, and Chet Hanks. Wagwan, you crazy white boy. I'm coming to you from one of the blackest locations in America, the backyard where Meghan Markle spilled the tea to Oprah. Tonight, we black people are gathered here to once again ask ourselves the question, where we is? And let's be honest, 2020 was one of the most challenging years in recent history for the black community, beginning with COVID, which frankly is a racist virus, as it accomplished what the criminal justice system has been trying to do for years, lock up every black person in America. And COVID was especially hard for black people because you know we love to get together. I'm talking about churches, cookouts, and secret black people meetings where we decide which dumb viral dance to trick white people into doing next. The next one up, the guppy. But as if the Rona wasn't bad enough, this past year, we also had to deal with the ongoing pandemic of police brutality. We witnessed the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and frankly, too many innocent black people to name. But we didn't take it lying down. Demonstrators took to the streets, creating the largest protest in American history against police brutality. And so for that, we thank our activist leaders for organizing. We thank our allies for marching alongside us. And to a certain extent, we even thank the police. You showed up to a police brutality march and did police brutality. That really helped us hammer home the point. For the first time in what feels like forever, our cries were heard and the police officer responsible for the death of George Floyd was held accountable. We saw justice because of marches, political activism, and most importantly of all, those black squares on Instagram. Still not sure what they did, but it must have worked. The Black Lives Matter movement was felt in every aspect of life and culture in America, including sports. 
where athletes from the WNBA to tennis to the NFL made their voices heard. NBA players even managed to stage a protest of police violence from inside the NBA bubble at Walt Disney World. That's the blackest thing to happen at Walt Disney World since the time I got pulled over for going too fast on Space Mountain. But amidst all the chaos that was 2020, black folks still made major strides. For the first time in our history, we witnessed a black person assume one of the most important positions in America. Of course, I'm talking about the first black bachelor. That's right. For too long, our nation has been forced to watch only white men get chlamydia in a hot tub on primetime TV, but no longer. We did it, Dr. King. Your dream is happening. Also making history was Kamala Harris, the first black woman elected vice president of the United States. Congratulations, Kamala, on your amazing achievement. I find great comfort in knowing that a black woman is serving in the White House, and I find it even more comforting knowing that when the White House screws something up, we can blame it on the white guy in charge. Kind of a best of both worlds when you think about it. We must also thank Stacey Abrams. Her massive voter registration campaign turned Georgia blue, flipped the Senate, and showed the entire nation that if you want to get to the White House, you need to go through Atlanta first. And I mean that literally. One time I had a flight from New York to D.C. that stopped over in Hartsville. You tell me how that makes sense. It was also a historic year for black entertainers as their art continued to reflect the black experience. It reflected our hope through Amanda Gorman's words at the presidential inauguration. It reflected our greatness as Beyonce became the most awarded female artist in Grammy history. And it reflected the fact that black people are sexy as hell. Between Megan and Cardi doing the WAP and the pullout king on Bridgerton, black people have never made America hornier. Hell, when I go to the store now, those elderly cashier ladies, they checking me out. And for once, it's not because they think I'm stealing, which I am. You know, can't stay this sexy without nipping a few lotions and cleansers from time to time. Which brings me to the future of black shit and what's in store for us this year. While the rest of America gets back to normal, this is the year black America created a new normal. Because that old normal was some bullshit. I'm talking about a new normal, where cops being held accountable isn't as rare as getting another Frank Ocean album. A new normal where I march not because I need to fight for my rights, but because I need to get my steps in due to a predisposition to high cholesterol. A new normal where we can gather indoors with family and loved ones, but still tell our weird uncle that he has to hang in the garage just to be safe. A new normal where Gorilla Glue is hair gel. That's the new normal we must strive for, and that I'm confident we will achieve. God bless you, God bless black people, and God bless the meme of Michael Jordan looking at an iPad. I say good evening. Amen to that, Roy. Thank you so much. All right, when we come back, the incredibly talented Anthony Mackie will be joining me on the show. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. My guest tonight is actor Anthony Mackie. He's here to talk about being the first black Captain America and his journey through Hollywood that brought him here. Anthony Mackie, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. What's up, man? I'm happy to social distance with you. You know, you were one of the last people I had as a guest before the world shut down. I think it was February, 2020. And I remember laughing with you, having a good time with you. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna be doing this all the time. And then everything shut down. The last time I spoke to you, 
you were building houses for fun with your own hands. Are you still doing that? I am, actually. I'm waiting um, for some uh, vanities to come in now. I'm finishing this house, uh, actually, right down the street from my house. And then I'm starting on my man cave. So when you come to New Orleans, you'll be welcome at my man cave. What is it about New Orleans that you love so much, man? Uh, it's the best city in the world, man. I say it over and over, and I'll say it again. If you look at the history of New Orleans, like, you know, if, if you look at the food, you look at the music, we have a season called Festival Season, where every weekend there's a different music festival. I mean, there's no other city like that in the world. You know, it's, it's the people, you know, you go into a restaurant, whoever making the food instantly becomes your family member. You wow. know, it's just, there's nothing like it. Let's talk about your latest success, man. I always wondered how you would tell the story of the Captain America journey, how you would tell the story of the passing of the shield. I never thought that Bucky would be a part of it. I never, I mean, I loved Bucky just as a character, but I never thought it would turn into the story. But I think even more surprising was how um, nuanced the conversation was in and around America, what America is, what institutions are, what the systems are, and how as a black man, even in the superhero position, your character was dealing with these stories. Talk me a little bit about, talk to me a little bit about like just how you put all of that together and how you guys made sure that it wasn't just like a caricature of what's happening in America. Well, I think a lot of that had to, all of that had to do with Malcolm uh, Spellman, our writer. He really like went down that road and fought for the acknowledgement of that turbulent relationship between black men and America. And right. you know, the question that we, came up with and we kept asking each other every page, every scene, every time we would, uh, every time we would talk is how do you deal as, as a black man, you're in an abusive relationship with America. So how do you fight for stand up and risk your life for a country that has never given you any love, support, appreciation, or trust, you know? So it's, it's, um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, when we talked about it, just two black dudes chopping it up. You know, right, it, it right. really, and then like Kari, <laughs> she, she is the most down female I've ever met in my life. And every time we would try to pull a punch, she's like, nah, we going all the way in, you know? <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing uh, group of people from different perspectives and different right, backgrounds right. to be able to make it a realistic situation for the character and not something that was, um, you know, made up or fictitious when, when uh, put on the screen. When, when you're playing that character and when, you, when you're even thinking of this journey of becoming the black Captain America, I mean, you know what comes with it, like coming the first black Captain America. It's safer to just stay as the Falcon because it's just like, yo, you're the Falcon, you just stay in your corner and you do your thing, you got your wings, you're good. But you know as soon as you take that shield from the white dude, there's a lot of people that are gonna be like, oh, you getting the shield just because you're a black man? You got the shield now because it's your, why the black man gotta have a shield? Why did you get what I'm saying? Like, when you even have these conversations with fans of the universe or when you talk about it as Anthony Mackie, like how do you break it down for people? Well, what's been interesting, and I expected to have those conversations, I expected that to be the internet buzz, but I haven't received that or seen that at all. Like, you know, it's easy for us to look at the news and look at what's going on and say, all people are bad, the world is going to shit. But the reality of it is most people are good people. You know, right. and a lot of people are really excited about the idea of the Falcon becoming Captain America and what that means, not only in the cinematic universe, in the comic book universe, but in our true reality. You know, because it gives a younger generation a different perspective and a different way to look at the world. 
right. you know, and that's what's cool. And that's what I'm so excited about. Cause when, you know, when my kids have a, a, a birthday party, you know, it, it looks like a damn crayon box in the backyard. Like, I don't know <laughs> what, what, like, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, it, it's supposed to be a, 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 a America's a melting pot. You know, it's supposed to be a microcosm of little people from little backgrounds having little fun in their little way. And I think this is a, a blip on the radar of what that next generation is going to look like, which is what I'm so excited about, you know, because we're only as effed up as our parents and our grandparents were. Right, right, and right. my only goal by becoming Captain America is not to pass on the, the lineage of effed on nature that came from the generation before me. Yeah, man, I, I think you do a great job of that. And I think that's what makes the show exciting. I'll be honest with you. I want to be in a Marvel movie, not to be in a Marvel movie. I just want to get your guys' fitness plans. Everybody who is in a Marvel movie has a body that just like, I don't care who you are, the men, the women, you, 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 look, like, you look like statues from like ancient Greece now. That's what you look like. I mean, look at your arms right now. Your arms look like you're holding the ground down instead of the ground holding you up. That's what you look like. I want to know from you as Anthony Mackie, can you eat jambalaya? Can you eat everything out there in, 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 in New Orleans and still be like Captain America? Is, or do you have like a, I only eat boiled fish and like old rice. No, it's, uh, you know, it, that's the hard part. During quarantine, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about, uh, you know, my family and our relationship and the importance of having those people, you know, near and dear to your heart. Definitely, man. I'll tell you what, man, like, you know, being able to like go fishing and social distance and fry fish on your porch every day is a problem. That is a fat <laughs> problem, dog. I was, I mean, midway quarantine, I was like, yo, I'm starting to look like Fat Thor. Like, I got to figure this out, you know? It was, <laughs> it was, that was my only downfall because I literally just, like, cut off, you know? No training, no nothing because it was just me at my house. So I would go fishing by myself. I would, you know, cook for myself. Then when friends would come over and, you know, my sisters would drop off, like, potato salad and, like, everything I'm not supposed to be yep. eating. Yeah. That's the reality, you know, so it, it takes the, you take the four months, like right now I'm in like the end of the first month of the four month process okay. to get back away from Fat Mackie to Movie Mackie, because Fat Mackie is real. What, what I like though, I like that you've just said that, you know why? Because I think I'm one of the people who thought that this was just like, like I like that you said it's four months. So now when I see the body, I'll be like, okay, it was four months of like, like a chef preparing the meals and the training program. I, I like that, thank you. Cause I, I saw, I would see the pictures and I'll just be like, how does he do that? And then I'll go do 20 pushups and I'll be like, my body doesn't respond accordingly. But now I understand that there's work in it. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you for the time. Thank you for always being amazing. Thank you for building those houses. Thank you for being you. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. Congratulations, Cap. Blessing to be in your presence, my man. Don't forget, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is streaming right now on Disney+. Plus. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider supporting an organization called One Tree Planted. They're a nonprofit charity focused on global reforestation. And just last year, they planted over 10 million trees worldwide to create a healthier climate and protect biodiversity around the globe. If you wanna help them out, in restoring forests, creating jobs, and building communities, then please go to the link below and donate whatever you can. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, 
If you're gonna get a birthday gift for that special someone in your life, make sure to check with his other 34 girlfriends so that you don't double up. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.